Is It Transphobic? will be addressing issues of transphobia and transmisogyny. We may also address issues of racism, classism, ableism, and various other intersectional issues in this podcast. So this is a trigger warning. The panelists on Is It Transphobic? will also use strong language. So listener discretion is advised. I want to start this episode by saying first that in America, we recently had a series of local and state elections, and somewhere between six and eight potential candidates who happened to be trans won their respective elections. You've probably already heard about Danica Rome, the first openly trans candidate to win a seat in state legislature, with her win in the state of Virginia. I've seen a lot of pieces basically saying that she's not the first trans person ever elected, Uh, there have been many before her, and that is true. But I can't help but feel from these articles and editorials a sense of misplaced anger, smugness, or maybe a sense of missing the point? Like, it's important to create the distinction between the quote-unquote first ever and the first quote-unquote openly trans candidate. Uh, There may have been media outlets touting Rome as the first trans person to ever win an election ever, and there may have been friends who we have had online who have missed the significance of why Rome's win, aside from her defeating, by his own words, Virginia's chief homophobe, you know, the guy who wrote the failed Virginia bathroom bill. But all the coverage that I saw made the distinction very clear. Rome was the first openly trans person to win a seat in state legislature, of at least of this stature. Uh, as the first openly trans candidate to win such a high-powered political seat, what she's done is she's proven that being trans and being out as a candidate, you can still win. A sign that one's trans status doesn't have to be hidden doesn't have to be seen as an immediate election loss. And she's not alone, don't get me wrong. She was just the one that received a lot more media attention. Now between Rome, Minneapolis's Andrea Jenkins, and Philippe Cunningham, both also the first trans and POC candidates elected to their positions, uh, Palm Springs's Lisa Middleton and Erie, Pennsylvania's Tyler Titus, trans people have proven that we can be out and electable. There is much love and much respect to all the trans politicians who have come before, those who have been forcibly outed while in the middle of their own campaigns, those who have been forcibly outed while serving. Maybe we'll do an entire episode just on as many of those political figures as we can find. But what all of these wins what Danica Rome, what Philippe Cunningham, what Andrea Jenkins, what Lisa Middleton, and what Tyler Titus have proven is that our trans status need no longer be a secret. What makes these November political wins particularly significant this year is that during the month of November, November 20th specifically, is known as the Trans Day of Remembrance. According to GLAAD, The Transgender Day of Remembrance, or TDOR, is an annual observance on November 20th that honors the memory of those whose lives were lost in the acts of anti-transgender violence. Additionally, during the week of November 13th through the 20th, 
individuals and organizations around the country participate in Transgender Awareness Week to help raise the visibility of transgender and gender nonconforming people and address the issues within these communities. The Transgender Day of Remembrance was started by transgender advocate Gwendolyn Ann Smith as a vigil to honor the memory of Rita Hester, a transgender woman who was killed in 1998. The vigil commemorated all the transgender people lost to violence that year and began an important memorial that has become the annual Transgender Day of Remembrance. According to founder Gwendolyn Ann Smith, uh, she states, the Transgender Day of Remembrance seeks to highlight the losses we face due to anti-transgender bigotry and violence. I am no stranger to the need to fight for our rights and the right to simply exist is first and foremost. With so many seeking to erase transgender people, sometimes in the most brutal ways possible, it is vitally important that those we lose are remembered and that we continue to fight for justice. As a result, this is me, Ashley, talking again. As a result, uh, instead of a full-length episode for this year's Trans Day of Remembrance and Trans Awareness Week, I want to read the list of trans people who were murdered in 2017. I want to state that 21 out of the 23 names were trans people of color. We hear it, is it transphobic, believe it's important to say the names of those we've lost to anti-transgender violence especially since many of our names have been changed by reporters, in police reports, etc., to reflect a name and an identity that is not representative of how we live or how we lived. We are people, and unfortunately that sometimes has to be said. Saying their names helps give them back their humanity. Their names in no particular order are Candace Towns, Stephanie Montez, Ali Lee Steinfeld, Derricka Banner, Kashmir Red, Kiwi Herring, Guinevere River Song, T.T. Dangerfield, Ebony Morgan, Ava Larray Barron, Josie Berrios, Ken McFadden, Cheryl Faulkner, Brenda Bostick, Che Reed, Alfonda Watson, Jaquarius Holland, Ciara McElveen, China Gibson, Kiki Collier, Jojo Stryker, Misha Caldwell, Jamie Lee Wounded Arrow. I'd like to restate one of Gwendolyn Ann Smith's lines from her quote about the Trans Day of Remembrance. Specifically, it is vitally important that those we lose are remembered and that we continue to fight for justice. And this is me talking again. The best way to fight for justice is to hold those that we elect accountable. And in that, ensure that we are not only remembered we are looked at as people. This is not just our cisgender elected officials. Also ensuring our trans siblings 
who take office continue to fight for all of us, continue to represent all of us. Thank you. Is It Transphobic was produced, edited, and coordinated by Ashley Lauren Rogers. The Is It Transphobic logo was created by Phoenix Sweeney, and you can see more of their work at tinylionroars.github.io. The original music you heard was all created by Vivian Aladrin, who you can find on Bandcamp at vivianaladrin.bandcamp.com.